Welcome to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm your host, Talia, aka your dating app partner in crime. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for being here. On Dating Intentionally, I'm helping you get to know yourself better so you can date in a way that truly aligns with your goals and values and, of course, have fun in the process. So if you like the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you can leave a review, rate it, subscribe, share it, or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can find me at dating.intentionally. And I would love to know how this podcast is helping you in your dating and relationship journey. So today, this episode is going to be the last one for a little bit. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I plan on having some guests. So just so you know what's going to happen, I'm going to take off the month of November. I'm, I'm traveling to Israel and then Italy with GV, our first trip. And then I'm going to jump back in and have some guests on the podcast. Just switch it up a little bit. It's going to be good. With that out of the way... Today, we're going to talk about needs in relationships, and I'm so excited to talk to you about this today because identifying and communicating your needs is one of the main reasons I started dating intentionally, and it's been the main focus of my dating journey. First, I'm going to talk about my experience with identifying my needs, what they are, and how I communicated them in my current relationship. Then I'm going to share practical tips on identifying your needs, talking to your partner about them, and how to use this knowledge in your dating journey. There's a lot more we'll get into too. I'm going to be sharing a bunch of stories of my year of dating throughout this podcast episode. And then at the end, I'm going to share the full fisherman story. You don't want to skip this one, friends. Uh, I've kind of been holding out on this story and I, I decided for this last episode 10 of this little chunk of my podcast, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Let's get into it. So are you aware of your needs? Because I wasn't aware of my relationship needs until very recently. Before GB, which by the way stands for green bubble because of our texting because he is an Android person and I'm an iPhone person. Anyway, for him, I was in four relationships and I, in those relationships, definitely had no idea what my needs were and definitely couldn't articulate them at all. In my last relationship, it took me about five years to figure out what they were and about five weeks to realize I wasn't going to get them met in that relationship. It was pretty devastating. And it wasn't until I started therapy that I fully became aware of the fact that one, I have needs and two, I am worthy of getting them met and three, that I actually had to talk to my partner about them. Scary. <laughs> yeah. So during my last relationship, I remember really struggling to articulate my needs. I just didn't know how, and my ex did not make me feel very safe. Of course, he didn't do that intentionally. He loved me. We just really lacked the communication skills to properly handle these conversations. So I'm hoping in this podcast, like you can avoid some of those mistakes we made. We both did our best, but it just wasn't good enough. It just didn't make the cut. We'll talk more about the importance of safety in this episode, but I just felt very unsafe with him. I felt unsafe communicating with him because he often would get defensive and I didn't feel like I could really be heard in that relationship. So throughout that whole process, my therapist and I discussed things that my ex did while we were dating that didn't make me feel good. My therapist was generally on the side of trying to help me get through it, stick in the relationship, and accept my ex. She encouraged me to think critically about whatever it was, like, is it something that I needed to have or wanted to have or was it a nice to have? She nudged me to figure out how to meet my own needs and look outside the relationship to get them met. Not like with another partner, but let's just say if I wanted to travel and have new experiences, but my partner wasn't on board, I could technically do that with a friend or by myself. And I did. So we'll talk about meeting your own needs too. 
Eventually, towards the end of my relationship, after months and months of that work, I just kind of blurted out my five needs. I remember just kind of telling my therapist, this is what I need. (laughs) And I'll tell you what those five needs are now. Some of these apply to the characteristics of the relationship and some apply to the actual person. I think it's okay that there's some overlap here. Okay, here are the five. One, the basics. That's going to be trust, chemistry, common interests, respect, loyalty, supportiveness. Basically anything you need in a friendship with the added layer of sexual and romantic attraction. So these are kind of just the foundation. This is a non-negotiable need. I need this kind of putting it into one basket. I need the basics to thrive in my relationship. Number two, desire to travel and have novel experiences. So I need a partner who wants to go out and be in the world and do things. I can't date a homebody. I need someone with a zest for life and exploration. And this isn't all or nothing. Trust me, I enjoy a night in, but I want to make memories with my partner. And you can only make so many memories watching TV on the couch, in my opinion. Again, these are personal to me. If you're a homebody, great. It just doesn't work for me. Number three, empathy. This sounds so basic, but I need someone who has the ability to empathize. Not everyone does. And I learned this the hard way. Number four, the desire to work on themselves and our relationship. Again, seems basic, but not everyone is brave enough to work on themselves. Yeah, I said it. There are people who are resistant to working on themselves because they're scared and I have compassion for them, but they're not for me. I want someone who's brave, who's willing to admit they're not perfect and do the messy work of trying to be a better human. That's being a better listener, being more self-aware, taking action on becoming the person you want to become. Maybe that's therapy. Maybe it's reading books, listening to podcasts, having discussions. There are a lot of different ways to do this, like work on yourself and a relationship. It's just, I really know that I need someone who has that desire. Number five, ambition, shared and personal. I need to be with someone who's ambitious and has personal goals. You know, I'm super ambitious and I know I need to be with someone who understands that on a deep level. And I just like being around ambitious people because we feed off of each other. All of my close friends are really ambitious and successful and I love that. And then on the other side, I want to be with someone who will create and work towards reaching goals as a couple. So in my last relationship, I only had two out of the five needs met. And when I asked my ex to meet the other ones, he made it really clear that he was unable and unwilling. Unable and unwilling. You know, that's kind of the end of the story. If someone is unable and unwilling and you need certain things, that's it. That's when I realized I had to leave. And you can hear the whole story around that in the episode, How to Know When It's Time to Break Up, that I did. So I talk a lot more deeply about that conversation and that realization. Leaving that relationship with such a crystal clear vision of my needs has been so valuable and helpful in my dating journey. Not only do I know what they are, I just feel so much more comfortable talking about them. In my current relationship, I brought up needs on our sixth date which was about one month after we met. This is before we had sex. This is before we were exclusive. But at that point, he made it really clear that he wanted to have a relationship with me. He was super direct about it, which was very refreshing. So I remember I invited him over for dinner and I really grilled him that night, to be honest. I was like, do you know what you need in a relationship? Do you know what you want your next relationship to feel like? Do you know your attachment style? All of these vetting questions, which he handled really well. I came on very strong, but I felt okay because at that point I knew I really liked him and I just didn't 
know where he stood on all that stuff. This was kind of like, okay, like you said you want a relationship with me. I'm pretty sure we're on the same page, but let's have this conversation because I wasn't going to move forward without this kind of like check of where are you at with this stuff? Of course, he was really honest with me and he said he hadn't thought much about all this stuff. He also said he didn't have a vocabulary for it, which I wasn't too shocked by that. I think this is pretty typical for men, but he was open to hearing my needs. He was open to these conversations and that is a great sign. When we talked about attachment style, he even got the book attached to read up on it and learn more about it, which I thought was an incredible, you know, gesture in a way. Like, good. He meets my need of having the desire to work on himself and the relationship. Check. So that's how that conversation happened. And I know I chose right in this moment of my life because GB really does meet all my needs. It's kind of amazing. Using my needs to navigate dating actually worked. This is someone I feel really safe with who takes pleasure in being a good partner and doesn't seem to take it personally at all when I bring anything up. It's not perfect, but it's close enough. Being okay with close enough or good enough is key because no one will ever perfectly meet your needs and you won't perfectly meet theirs. The goal is to get it right 80% of the time. Reach for 80%. If your partner gets it right most of the time, that's amazing. So that's my experience. Let's get into the practical stuff. How do you identify your needs? So you can identify your needs in or out of a relationship. Reflect on the times that you felt like your partner or a previous partner fell short. If you've never been in a romantic relationship, you can draw from your experience with friends and other relationships. When did you feel like you weren't seen or heard? When did you feel unloved? When did you feel disconnected? When did you feel plain turned off or upset? These are all indicators of possible needs not being met. It's a good place to start. I highly recommend journaling about this or writing a list of these experiences. By the way, there's also a card deck that you can buy called the Expressing Needs card deck from the Gottman Institute. They've done a lot of research and written books on a lot of relationship stuff. I highly recommend checking that out too. I haven't personally used it, but I think that basically the idea is there's these cards with, with a bunch of different attributes of relationships on them, and you kind of make three piles, wants, needs, and doesn't matter. So that's another way to kind of get that ball rolling if you need help identifying your needs. The next step is really thinking about what you can and can't live with. What would you be able to accept? What wouldn't you be able to accept? You know, in my last relationship, I like to share the example of photos. My ex didn't like having his picture taken and he didn't want to pose for pictures with me pretty much ever. You know, we didn't have a lot of pictures together. I didn't love that, but it just wasn't a deal breaker. It's like, okay, he doesn't really want to be in pictures or take pictures with me. Fine. I can live with that. And then I want to share an example of from my dating journey. So this is about number 26. We went on like 10 dates in the span of maybe just over two weeks because we lived near each other. And then I remember after, you know, two and a half weeks of dating or whatever, he went away on a little trip and he called me on the second day of his trip. And he's like, hey, I don't think this is going to work out because I want to be with someone who will wake up with me at 6 a.m. and go trail running. And that was his need. And I was like, yeah, that is not me. I was a little mad because I feel like he could have figured that out about me on our second or third date. Fine. You know, he he was just like, this is a deal breaker for me. And that's fine. I hope that he's out there with his trail running partner, you know, doing that. I'm glad that he broke it off with me because that is not me. 
dating is a great way to learn your needs too. You know, if you don't know what they are, you can learn about them in the process, but definitely hold off on discussing them. That's not a first date conversation. You don't need to discuss or meet needs on the first date. Your needs are basically like your core values in a relationship. What does a relationship have to have to be successful for you? All right. So how do you figure out what's a need to have or nice to have? In this process, you know, you're going to have trouble figuring out what's nice to have in a relationship and what you need to have. Here's what to do. Ask yourself, if nothing changes, would I be able to be happy? Would I still be able to love them and feel loved? That's how you can figure out what you can live with and what you can't. No one's going to be perfect. Even the best match for you will have tendencies and qualities, yet you have to work harder to love and accept. You also have tendencies and qualities that your partner will have to learn to love and accept. So let's talk about being able to meet your own needs. One really important concept of healthy relationships that I'm still personally wrapping my head around is the idea of interdependence. Interdependence is basically when you and your partner can be independent and support your own needs individually, but then also rely on each other for support too. It's like being able to create security and safety within yourself so you can build even more security and safety and stability on multiple levels with a partner. Isn't that beautiful? Part of that involves being able to meet your own needs. And I'm still learning about this. I'm still trying to figure this one out in practice. And this is part of why I felt it was really important to me to be single for a year so I could learn just how to be a person and find ways to meet my own needs and feel secure and safe without a partner. And I was successful in this. And I know I was because to be honest, as much as I love being in a relationship, I know I felt happy, secure, and safe most of the time alone too. Having a relationship enhances my life. It doesn't make my life worth living. It doesn't make me a more valuable person that I'm in a relationship. Everyone's already worthy and valuable on their own. You don't need to be in a relationship to be more worthy of happiness, security, the things you want in life, or anything else. And I bring this up because I think it's an important part of the needs conversation. Can you get your needs met without a partner? And I'm talking about emotional and intellectual needs here, not sexual, because obviously that one's a little harder to meet totally on your own if you're someone who enjoys and wants physical intimacy with a partner. But you know what? With, with the other stuff, think about it. Knowing yourself and knowing you can meet your own needs really does help you become a better and more secure partner. Zooming out, part of being a good partner is knowing you can enjoy life without one. There's more room for the relationship to grow and for yourselves to grow as individuals within your relationship when you have that strong sense of self and confidence that you can get your needs met one way or another. And let me just say right now, you are worthy of that. You're worthy of that. And here's the million dollar question. How do you talk to your partner about your needs? This is scary. This is hard. If you struggle with this, you're not alone. It's really hard, and I don't think that a lot of us have a good model for this growing up. When it comes to any question that's basically, how do I talk to my partner about X, Y, Z? It's literally just starting the conversation. That's how. You just jump in. Embrace the awkwardness. Embrace the clunkiness. This isn't a fight. It doesn't have to be a super heavy conversation. Don't overthink the timing. The only timing to consider is that you want to start the conversation close to like when things come up. But you also need to be able to articulate what's going on. If you can't articulate it, you're not ready to bring it up yet. First, maybe do some journaling. Talk to someone, someone that you feel safe with. I wouldn't recommend talking to someone in your family or in your friends because that can get a little messy. You don't want to be like shit talking your partner behind their back to your friends. 
But you have to find a way to figure out more or less what you need to communicate to your partner. When you're expressing your needs, be direct. Don't be broad and vague. If you need your partner to plan more dates, say that. If you need your partner to show you more appreciation, say that. If you need more space to hang out with your friends without your partner, say that. Spell it out for them. I know there's a lot of like, oh, I don't want to spell it out for them. Yes, you want to spell it out for them because that is the only way they're going to get it right. Making requests and communicating this to your partner is not forcing them to do it or putting words in their mouth. There's literally no other way for them to know what you need. And it's your responsibility to one, know what you need, and two, communicate that to the best of your ability. This isn't forcing anyone to do anything. They can say no. They can say, I don't agree with that or no, I can't do that, which is what happened to me in my last relationship. And I left. If they say that, and they probably won't, you get to decide whether to accept that or figure out another way to get your needs met or leave. So again, when you're talking about your needs, you're not forcing them to do anything. It's really like, hey, I need this to be happy in a relationship and they get to rise to the occasion and vice versa. If you feel like your partner should just automatically know what you need and naturally do it without you asking, I have bad news. That's a recipe for resentment. You and your partner are on the same team. If you want to win at this relationship, you need to tell them how to win at meeting your needs. And I'm sorry I'm making this like a win-lose thing. I'm competitive, okay? Unfortunately, I haven't met many men who know how to articulate their needs, which is a bummer. In my relationship, all I can do is make sure that GB feels as safe as possible to communicate when he needs to. And I, I really work hard at that. But the rest is on him. He knows that because I'm not a mind reader, you know, he has, it's his responsibility to communicate to me. So set each other up for success. Tell them what you need. Ask them to do the same for you. So back to the how. You can either bring it up when you feel that pang of your needs not being met right in the moment, or you can take a little bit of time to collect your thoughts and approach your partner to talk about it. Like I said earlier, do not overthink the timing. It doesn't matter if your partner had a bad day or whatever. I used to do that. Okay. I'm I'm speaking from experience. I used to really overthink like when to bring things up to my ex and it just was agony. Like I couldn't get myself to just do it when really it would have been better if I had just said it when I need to say it instead of waiting for the quote unquote right time. Make your request specific and make sure to give them plenty of praise too. It's really important that they know what they're doing right for you when you're about to tell them that you need them to improve in one area of the relationship. Be ready to get an answer or reaction you might not like. You can't control their reactions or manage their emotions for them. Don't sugarcoat things. Don't make it too much softer for them. You know, you don't want to like downplay your needs in this process by making it comfy for them. It's going to be uncomfortable for both of you. But you're there together and you're on the same team and you're going to feel better after talking about it. Does talking about your needs mean your partner will change? So like I said earlier, identifying and communicating your needs in a relationship is not trying to change who your partner is. Remember, your partner can say no or demonstrate that they can't meet your needs or that they're unwilling to. For example, if I had a partner who complained that I work on weekends too much and he said that he needed me to stop completely, I would say that I would have to compromise on that because I can't completely stop working on weekends. You know, that is not possible for me as an entrepreneur who doesn't make their employees work on weekends. I have to pick up the slack. So, 
you know, that would be an example where I'm like, that is a hard line for me. I can't completely stop working on weekends right now. But someone else might be able to make that change no problem. If my if I was in a relationship like that and it was that big of a deal, my partner would be better off dating someone who isn't an entrepreneur and had a regular Monday to Friday nine to five job because they need someone who's totally free and checked out of work on weekends. And I can't do that. You know, if I need my partner to verbally express appreciation for me more often, which is something that I generally need in a relationship, that's not changing who they are. That's just changing a behavior. So I hope that you can see the difference you know, between asking for some a behavior or requesting something on the surface of change that will make you feel more loved and secure versus trying to change who they are completely. By communicating your needs, you're basically reaching for some kind of compromise or asking your partner to do something that they might need to put a little bit of effort into doing, but they're okay with that effort. Like if you need them to plan more dates, that's not fundamentally changing who they are unless they had very strong values around not planning anything, which would be weird. Asking someone to plan more dates is simply asking for an action, not a change in who they are fundamentally. Let's talk about navigating early stage dating and your needs. So this is how to deal with all this when you're in the first few weeks of dating someone. Let me just say straight up, you are not communicating your needs to anyone who hasn't otherwise demonstrated that they'd be relationship material. In my dating experience, It's something I gently touched on when my Instagram account came up because the idea of knowing your needs is one of the main reasons I started in the first place. So for me, on these early dates, I was kind of just letting them know that I had needs and knew what they were, but I wasn't getting into the whole conversation where I would tell them what they were. You really shouldn't be worried about meeting someone's needs or them meeting your needs on date one. Here's what happened to me with number 54, okay? So this is someone we broke my rule, which I talked about in the episode about navigating first and second dates, where we texted a lot before our first date because I was away. And we got to our first date and it was fine. But this was a guy who wanted to hold my hand on the table the entire date. I went with it and I tend to kind of just fuck around and find out. Like I kind of like, kind of like okay, this is different. I've never held someone's hand on a table the entire date, but let's just see what happens. I did not like it. He communicated to me throughout the day that he loves physical contact. He loves to be physically close with this, with this person. It's important to him. There is nothing inherently wrong with that, but for me, it was just a little too strong out the gate. I need more distance. I want to feel safe. I don't want to be all up in someone's face on the first date. Like It's just he was getting too close to me. So after the first date, I said I wasn't interested in the second date and he asked why. And I said, hey, it looks like, you, you know, you need someone who is cool with or enjoys that much physical contact. He was like, well, you could have just told me you needed less and I would have accommodated it. And I'm like, no, dude, in this early stage, you should be focused on finding someone who aligns with you on these things while you have the chance. There was no foundation for us to be switching up our behaviors after date one. You need that foundation and it just wasn't there. So I was like, I disagree with this. And, you know, we stopped talking. We definitely disagreed there. He was like fully ready to accept less than what he needed to accommodate me. And I don't like that. That's not how it should be on one date. One thing that comes up a lot in early stage dating is the need for more communication. When you start dating someone, there is that desire to talk to them often through texting or on the phone, right? And if they're not messaging you fast enough or if they take days to respond, you might think, well, 
why not just ask for what I need? Here's what to do instead. Just say, I prefer more contact during the day. It makes me feel good. And see what happens. You don't need to have the needs conversation after two dates, but you can state what you value. That early on in a relationship, like I said, before you're official, there's just no foundation or trust to discuss needs without that commitment of a relationship and exclusivity that's expecting too much too soon. Instead, this is when you know your needs and you can use that knowledge in your back pocket to decide if they'd be able to meet them. Does it sound a little sneaky? Maybe a bit, but it's similar to having checkboxes. At first, they don't need to know what you need in a relationship. Have that knowledge and you can be the judge of whether or not they'd be able to meet them before you have that conversation. So like I said, my five needs earlier and some were really easy to determine in early stage dating and some were harder. Let me just talk about that really quick. Okay, number 23. I remember we had drinks. He was super cute. We met on Tinder. Very nice. He was super chatty. And then it came up that he's never left the country and never wants to. I almost wanted to leave in the middle of the date because I said earlier, my need is that I want someone who travels. I love travel. Super important to me. It just, I need someone who wants to travel. I'm not dragging them around the world with me. I'm not going to do it all alone. So that was an easy way to be like, nope, this person will not meet my needs. Next. Then there was number 60. And he was an interesting character. We got into some very deep conversations on this first date. This is also someone who had never had a cocktail in his 30s before this date. This was his first time having a cocktail, which I find really bizarre. But okay, fine. Whatever. Who am I to judge? Anyway, in this conversation, he openly admitted that he doesn't really understand empathy. And that was just a hard no. I was like, yep, nope, not going to work. I need someone empathetic. That was a rare case, though. I would say empathy like doesn't usually come up on a first date. It just happened to kind of get into that topic because it was a weird but interesting conversation. Lastly, number 29 during our first date said that he thinks therapy is bullshit. So that was just like a hard no. That kind of led me to believe that he doesn't really want to improve himself or he's not open to the idea of self-improvement or developing stronger relationships or learning more about himself in general. You know, maybe I judged that one too hard, but there were other red flags there. Trust me. But that was, again, immediate no. So this is kind of how you can use your needs to determine whether or not someone will be a good match. With GB, it was pretty clear that he was ambitious. He definitely has the desire to travel and have new experiences. He's super empathetic, though I wasn't sure at first. And while he doesn't do therapy, he has proved that he's open-minded about self-improvement through other methods, like books and podcasts. Some of these I could tell from date one. Some of them took longer to figure out. Okay, so when do you actually start talking about needs? I would start talking about needs when you've established that you both want to be in a committed relationship with each other. This is the chance to create a culture in your relationship of being open about needs. And that's what I'm doing and have done in my new relationship. I was really comfortable asking GB about his needs, and that gave me an opportunity to talk about mine. I suspected that he had never thought about this, so I encouraged him to think about it more and we could pick it up another time in that initial conversation. We occasionally come back to this topic and, you know, I'll probably ask him to listen to this episode. Note that he does not listen to this podcast because I requested that he didn't, but he might find this one useful. When you start having this conversation, come from a place of wanting to be a better partner and build a more secure, safe, and loving relationship. It's a really positive and empowering thing. It's vulnerable and scary, but it can be so nurturing with the right person. Try to see the positives, really. The last thing I want to talk about before we get into the story is that 
You are not needy for having needs. Everyone has emotional and physical needs. Please don't feel guilty for asking for your needs to be met. Do not feel guilty for having them. Accept that you have them and know that everyone does. It's part of being human. It's part of why we're wired to seek love, connection, and community. If you're really struggling with this, I challenge you to question that guilt. Where did you learn to feel guilt around your needs? Who taught you to avoid taking up space? I really believe this is something we're unintentionally taught growing up, especially women. In my last relationship, one of the most present patterns is that whenever I asked for one of my needs to be met, it was met with defensiveness so many times that I basically lost all ability to communicate out of fear or just with the expectation that my needs would get twisted and then I'd be the one apologizing. And I really had to work hard to break that pattern of not expressing my needs out of that whole situation in my new relationship. And it has nothing to do with GB and everything to do with these patterns that I established over six years dating my ex. And it's been hard. You know, the first few times I brought up stuff to GB that I needed from him, it was like pulling teeth. I just like was, you know, I saw, you know, it's like, the door is open, but it's just really heavy. Like I saw that meme. <laughs> That's kind of how it felt. Like I know what I want to say. It just felt so scary and so hard to say it and it had nothing to do with him and everything to do with just my past experience. And it's okay. You got to give yourself that grace and space to learn these communication skills. You're not going to be perfect out the gate. You've got to practice. And I hope that you can find the right person to practice with. I hope you can find that safety and build that safety together to practice these skills. You cannot have a happy, successful relationship if you can't openly and safely talk about what you need and how to improve the relationship on both sides. You're on the same team. All right. That was a lot. I hope that you're walking away from this episode with some good advice some good takeaways about needs and how and when to communicate them and how to find out what they are. Now I want to switch gears and tell you the fisherman's story, which has nothing to do with needs. It's just a good story. So earlier this year, when I had started my Dating Intentionally Instagram account uh, in February, I was nicknaming all my dates. I had like different fun names for them, just like little code names. So when I met this guy on Bumble, I nicknamed him the fisherman because he was into fishing. Why not? The fisherman was number 51. This So this was about the time I was finally feeling emotionally available and ready to have a relationship. It was just under one year from my breakup. So I was just really feeling ready, finally. And this was the first time I met someone, like number 51. It took me 51 people to find someone. I was like, wow, I really like him. And what I liked about him, I mean, he was quiet, easygoing. We had a good vibe, a good energy, a lot of chemistry. There was a lot of comfortable silence on our dates, you know, and we, we weren't having like dinner dates. I mean, like, a walk in the park or we went to a baseball game together and it was just you know it it was fun it was fun I like being with him we went out for like a month and I would say dating intentionally came up like the Instagram came up half the time on my dates like some guys it came up naturally some guys it didn't and with the fisherman it never came up in like the entire month of dating I don't know why I was like I really wanted to tell him I had every intention of telling him about the account but I was just continuing to talk about him on my Instagram, mostly positive. Like I wasn't saying anything too revealing about him or anything too, I don't know, just whatever. I thought it was positive. I thought it was kosher. We were dating for a month. I remember people on Instagram kept being like, did you tell Fisherman about this account? Does he know about this account? Does he know what you're saying? And I'm like, I'm going to tell him, relax. 
So then I went to Hawaii and I was feeling really good about where things were at with the fishermen. We had both deleted the apps. We were both really into each other. We had had sex at that point. It was great. Everything was great. And then throughout my trip, I realized he definitely was acting weird. He, I thought he was kind of distant. I'm like, oh my God, he's pulling away. And I was going crazy because I just couldn't figure out why. You know, I'm someone who likes to focus on the facts. And I couldn't really tell any difference in my behavior or hit. Like, I just couldn't find any real evidence in our conversations or anything that anything was wrong. I just felt like something was wrong. So during the trip, this was over 4th of July. So he went off the grid for a camping trip. And when he came back, he was like, hey, uh, by the way, like, I just don't want to you know, I don't think we should talk anymore. Someone DM me screenshots of your Instagram stories and uh, talking about me. And like, I don't care that you have a dating advice account. I just would have liked to know about it. And, you know, good luck out there. And he signed it, The Fisherman, which is pretty funny. When I got this text, I was in Hawaii. I was just like, so upset and so sad. Like, but also... At the same time, I knew that was a possibility because I was putting it out there online. And at first I was like, oh, okay, one of his friends, I guess, found my account and screenshotted it and sent it to him. But no, what actually happened, because I read his text a few times and he said, someone, not a friend, just someone, what actually happened was someone who followed me decided to take the responsibility of screenshotting what I was saying about him, which, by the way, was mostly positive and fishermen even acknowledged this and sent it to him. So they found him basically because we had followed each other on Instagram on my personal account, which is public. And his account is public. And guess what it's full of? Pictures of him fishing, obviously. Did not choose the name well. <laughs> um, and, you know, I guess that person went through all the people I had followed and found him and DM'd him. And it sucked. And I remember being like, OK, that's over. The next day uh, after that, I remember I emailed him an apology and he accepted it. And he was like, you said really nice things about me and, you know, like, but I just don't don't trust you after this, which I think is totally fair. You know, I really should have told him and I was going to. I was going to tell him. It just literally didn't come up. And I don't know. I screwed up. So I remember after the apology, I did actually take one more shot and I tried I was like, hey, can we get on the phone? Because I just was like, you know what? Maybe if I tell him really what happened, he might change his mind. I just wanted to give it a shot. I was like, maybe I can save this. So I messaged him. I was like, can we just talk on the phone? He did not respond. And I never heard from him again. I hope he's out there. I hope he found someone great who does not have a very public life online. And from then on, I made sure to tell people about my dating account on the first date, if not before. So there was that. And that's the story of the fisherman. And I, you know what? Even though I think it's wild that a random person on the internet decided to intervene in my life and his life, I am glad they did because after I reinstalled the apps, that's when I matched with GB. And now I'm in love with him. And that's the story of the fisherman. I hope you enjoyed that little internet drama. Uh, and that's why I don't do nicknames anymore also. And that's why I made my account private, like my personal account. So a lot of lessons learned there. And I'm thankful now for this person for doing that because I'm a better person for it. And I found someone great. All right. So this is going to be the last episode for a while. I think I'm going to try and probably take a break for a month, get some guests on the next few episodes, do it a little differently. I hope you've enjoyed these first 10 core episodes talking about some of the deepest, like hardest issues in early stage dating and relationships. I'm really excited to 
put together more episodes. I love doing this podcast. It's such a fun hobby for me. It's a fun little side project. And I have so much to share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, I'm Talia. This has been Dating Intentionally. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback means a ton to me and helps me make this podcast as helpful as possible. I'll catch you later. You're doing great.